Hello, today we have with us Dr. Nguyen. And I'd like to get started by asking you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So I'm Dr. Katrina Nguyen. I'm in Illinois, Northern Illinois. I'm a pediatric gastroenterologist. And basically I deal with uh, children's intestine, stomach, esophagus, liver, gallbladder, nutrition, and growth. I've been a physician for over 20 years and a pediatric GI since 2009. I have a passion for fighting childhood obesity and formed a nonprofit in 2014 for that purpose. Thank you for inviting me here to okay. your platform. It's so good to have you. So why did you choose the field of pediatric gastroenterology? Well, when I was in uh, medical school, I had an interest in procedures. Uh, I was always that student and even in residency, I always wanted a volunteer to learn a procedure. And uh, in fact, you know, in residency, we were required to do so many procedures. And for me, I had four years to complete all my procedures. And I completed that in two and a half years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to choose a specialty that involved procedures. Uh -huh. um, in terms of pediatric GI versus uh, adult GI, there's a big component of nutrition. And in pediatrics in general, there's an opportunity for prevention of diseases. So that's where I chose a specialty that allowed me to do everything I loved. Yeah. I can certainly appreciate that. <laughs> the first thing I did after my residency was I went into primary care mm -hmm. and prevention is huge. I once had a patient who I counseled about obesity and he stopped coming and I thought maybe I had offended him. But then a couple of years he came back later, he said, you know, Dr. Hester, I've lost 99 pounds. I was trying to wait to 100, but I had bronchitis. Mm. So I can certainly appreciate it. It's very, it feels very good to be able to not just treat disease, but to prevent the disease. So I can yeah. certainly appreciate that. <laughs> so tell us about your nonprofit, Faithful to Fitness. Yes, it's called Faithful, the number two fitness. Um, I thought of, after I finished fellowship 2009, my first job was in Augusta, Georgia. And my partners and I were trying to devise an obesity clinic, um, but there were lots of red tape involved, um, trying to get things covered through insurance and also helping patients overcome the fact that, you know, how many people, children or adult, feel comfortable coming to a doctor to be weighed, you know, every so often and being told they gained weight and they didn't improve. So um, after realizing the challenges of having an obesity clinic in the hospital clinic setting, I took it to the community and I created something that could overcome the red tape, didn't involve insurance, mm -hmm. didn't involve whether you could afford something uh, and got community partners to, to do it. So my resident who was interested in PHGI, um, he was a chief resident at the time, mm -hmm. uh, we decided to propose a grant through the American Academy of Pediatrics. And we were given what's called a CATCH grant, C-A-T-C-H, called Community Access to Child Health. And it gave us almost $3,000. But with the budgeting and the support for the community, by the end of six months, we gave most of the money back. And when, when I understood that a childhood obesity intervention program in the community didn't cost millions of dollars. Um, I, when I moved here at, uh, to Illinois in 2013, my partners here said, can you do what you did in Augusta for Rockford Loves Park, Illinois? Mm -hmm. I said, why not form a nonprofit? And so my goal and its mission is to help reverse the childhood obesity epidemic in America, starting one city and one child at a time. And it shouldn't cost you know, anything, really, if you are passionate about it, you can get 
uh, people to contrib contribute their time, their talent and treasure, whether it's an individual or it's a community small business. But I think if we all care, we can empower each other, empower our patients or our families to learn tips and overcome barriers to become healthier. So this should come as no surprise, but what you're doing could really turn the tide mm -hmm. of healthcare in America, because with this epidemic of childhood obesity, which will ultimately lead to obesity in adulthood mm -hmm. and diabetes, heart attacks, strokes, and so forth, mm -hmm. uh, what you're doing is tremendous. And I think that's awesome. Um, being an internist, I actually see the end result. And a lot mm -hmm. of people have struggled um, most of their lives mm -hmm. with obesity. And if you can catch it at a young age and turn that around, you can turn around a person's entire life. Yes. And in fact, when I first started my um, nonprofit, even in Georgia, when I wrote the first grant with my resident, mm -hmm. a lot of people, um, doctors, nurses, dietitians, and families would ask me why childhood obesity intervention? Why not just obesity intervention? Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, what I found in, I actually did a, a four, four year residency in internal medicine and pediatrics, so okay. MedPeds. Mm -hmm. And at one point in my um, MedPeds clinic, I had a, a 40 year old uh, female patient who had just get discharged from the hospital after um, a heart attack and had a, a step one step placed had 40 diabetes years 40 years old she was 386 pounds she had been homeless um, she was helped by the Salvation Army she had asthma she smoked uh, had reflux hypertension type 2 diabetes sleep apnea you name it it was a, a list of health problems and medical issues and she was just helpless and hopeless. And what I did was I, what I told her is, you know, it's overwhelming to look at everything you have to do, but look at one thing at a time. And I said, start with quit smoking, right? Why don't we quit smoking first? Because that's going to impact everything you have. And then the next thing is looking at how we're eating and why we eat and where we eat and how can I be active? And until we improve one thing at a time, you know, we're not going to, we're going to be overwhelmed. And after two years of taking care of her, she lost 186 pounds Wow! and lots of the medications that she oh was on, goodness. she was able to get off a lot of them and she was working out. She was, uh, she joined a gym and worked out every day. She mm -hmm. even got a, became a math teacher. She got her a, a degree to become a math teacher. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, just, it's not just about the improvement in health and losing weight. It's about overall mental health and giving people confidence Absolutely. and empowering them to say, mm -hmm. not only can I improve my health, I can improve my overall life and goals and opportunities and just achieving things to be more successful. So uh, that's when I said, if I, you know, if I can make a difference in someone and 40 years old and motivate them, I can do it in children even better. Yeah. I was going to ask you, to tell us a success story, but that is way beyond a success story. 186 186 pounds, pounds yeah. And this is, uh, I, I did residency between 2002 to 2006. Mm -hmm. And I remember her um, coming in like the last week before I went to fellowship uh -huh. and she brought in, you know, her pants and she says, this is where I was, you know, <laughs> and, this, and then she told me, no, no matter where you go, don't forget mm -hmm. me. And it really stuck with me. And I said, uh -huh. you know, like, yes, I'm going to do pediatric GI, but 
I can't forget that I could make a difference in an obesity intervention. So even though my, yeah, even though my nonprofit is focused on childhood obesity, Mm -hmm. we require parents and guardians to be involved in the program. So they participate in exercise, cooking classes, nutrition lessons, because it's really about the family. It's not about just one child. If you make a change as a family, you, it becomes a motivational support group and changes together will last longer. So what would you tell parents um, that they could do specifically, some specific take-home points that they could apply to kind of turn the tide with their kids? So there's three things that we teach in our um, program, our Faith for Fitness program. Number one, uh, which I see it affects children a lot, is sugary beverages. So um, stop that, stop, you know, just stop drinking water. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my patients that, can we aim for at least 32 ounces of water a day? And then maybe we can push it to something higher, but drop all sugary beverages. When, when What I mean is it's healthier to eat an apple than drink apple juice. Stop the sodas, diet sodas, the sports drinks, mm-hmm. the blended coffees, right? Uh, even when you go and you say, I'm having a smoothie, but the way they make it there isn't as healthy as what you can make at home. So start with that and drink more water. The second thing is uh, children, especially who come to see me, suffer from gastrointestinal diseases like constipation Mm -hmm. because they don't have enough fiber. So aim for, you know, a minimum of three servings, uh, up to five servings a day of fruits or vegetables. And then the third thing is finding a way for the family to be active together and brisk walking 30 to 60 minutes. Most people say every day, aim for three times a week. So we can get together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three times a week, at least 30 minutes, and then push it to 60. Um, But those are three tips. I say we can start with those three things. Very simple, doesn't cost anything, doesn't require any membership. And you can budget and eat healthy by eliminating things like sodas and sugar beverages that cost more than water. That's so, true. Yeah. <laughs> what barriers have you found, if any? So, um, so I was a I was fourteen months old when I came here to America as a refugee uh, after the Vietnam War. So I always say I reflect when I started um, my nonprofit and when I work in childhood obesity intervention, the same barriers I faced as a refugee are the same barriers I apply here. So knowledge, mm-hmm. motivation, being in the right environment. Um, the other thing is really accepting, overall accepting that obesity, whether child or adult, that it's a health problem. Um, but I think that's the big picture that we need to understand that it's not just this is how I am or this is how my genetics are, mm-hmm. right? We have to understand that it leads to other health problems such as um, diabetes type two, uh, high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, sleep apnea, fatty liver disease, which is affecting children more and more. So if we can empower people with knowledge, uh, the knowledge of that eating healthy doesn't cost more, uh, being active doesn't cost a lot of money. It takes time, right? It takes motivation. It takes working together as a family and saying that we can motivate each other. We can budget. We can take time to meal prep. We can take time to be active. Um, learning to cut down the screen time, learning to sleep enough, you know, so that those things can improve our health. But, uh, you know, what my program does is every Saturday when we work out together for an hour, it's an opportunity for motivation. When we provide nutrition lessons, it's overcoming that knowledge barrier. 
Uh, when we have a 5K event every August, it's a motivation to say, I need to train for that 5K. I can't just one day sit on a couch and next day run a 5K. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take that effort to, to walk and be active to prepare for that 5K. Okay. You made a very uh, important point, acknowledging the barriers. Uh, that's so important because if you don't consider the barriers mm -hmm. to reaching the goals, then you can kind of drop the ball. But you you acknowledged, you know, several things that um, could serve as barriers. And so when people understand those barriers, it's easier for them to overcome them. Mm -hmm. But if you're just kind of in the dark and you're you're reading here, you're reading there and so forth, it is definitely more difficult to overcome that. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else in particular you want to tell us about your nonprofit? It sounds incredible. Well, one of my uh, goals, um, so since 2020, I've published uh, two books now and in the process, another third book will be coming. The third book is focused on uh, teaching people how I formed a nonprofit for childhood mm -hmm. obesity intervention. And I would love to, you know, partner with anyone out there, uh, dietitian, gym instructors, medical students, doctors, nurses, anyone who is passionate about childhood or adult obesity intervention, how I can create a chapter of my nonprofit in your community by coming there and speaking in your community and picking out partners that we can brainstorm together who um, could contribute time, talent, and treasure to make it happen. Uh, because I do believe that uh, making a difference in childhood obesity epidemic should not cost millions of dollars. And a community does not need a bunch of grants to make it happen. It's about individuals and businesses coming together because we care. Okay. So I'm going to put up your contact information at the end of this video, but can you tell people how you'd like to be reached also? Yes, uh, I have a website, a brand new website. It's www.mlikemaryd and then Katrina with a K, mdkatrina.com. There you'll find my work as a doctor uh, in the nonprofit work as a speaker and an author. And uh, if you're interested in looking at my nonprofit website, it's uh, faithful, the number two fitness.org and also facebook.com slash faithful to fitness. Okay. Tell me about the books. So I have two books. One, the first book was published December 2020 in paperback. And yesterday the ebook came out. It's called Live to Give, mm -hmm. an inspirational memoir about freedom, faith, and selflessness. So it uh, talks about my journey as a refugee and my family's experience growing up in America and how we overcame barriers to become successful. Mm -hmm. Also talks about my nonprofit and the importance of inspiring selflessness um, by giving back. And we're successful. We think about how we got there and how we can help others be successful as well. The second book uh, was released uh, January 19th with 11 other women, and it's called The Confidence of Yes. And it's really teaching um, in each chapter, each woman talks about how they said yes to their career and how they, they give tips and how they also can empower other people to say yes when opportunity comes knocking. So um, I hope that it will help empower people, uh, patients, and just individuals if they're in somewhere making a decision on what to do with their life, their career, just say yes and look out for people who can help you make it happen. Where can people get the books? So uh, the Live to Give and uh, is on Amazon. And also if you want the ebook, uh, it's on Hilton Publishing Company. So hpcinternational.com. The um, the uh, 
copy for the confidence of yes. If you go to lulu, L-U-L-U dot com, uh, you'll get my personal copy because each author has their personal uh, version of the paperback. Okay. So, so I'm going to add all this information to the text about the video. It's very good information. And I'm Thank sure you. a lot of people will want to know more about this. So um, tell me about the role of telemedicine and what you do. So since um, in the pandemic, since 2020, we learned that um, we had to convert a lot of our care to telehealth. Mm -hmm. And after I left the hospital setting and started doing travel medicine called locum tenens, uh, I learned that other hospitals were doing just as much telemedicine as my hospital. Mm -hmm. So I joined a group called My Catholic Doctor, which has uh, over 100 uh, clinicians across 50 states. I'm the only pediatric GI in the group. Mm. And the convenience that people have found is when they have three children, for instance, and they're also trying to make dinner and they're trying to do Zoom classes for their kids. Yes. Um, they said, this is so convenient. I can do all this stuff and mm -hmm. also do a telehealth visit and get my prescriptions and labs and everything done. So, so we assess whether the patient who needs the telehealth visit is it appropriate for telehealth. Not every child or adult can benefit from telehealth. But I would say nine out of 10 times it's convenient for follow-up visits or situations where an, an actual physical exam may not be necessary at the first visit will determine whether based on the first visit where whether the patient would need to be seen urgent care ER or an actual physician in their area. Uh, but it's been powerful for me the past few years to be able to grow the practice with other clinicians. Right. And you give people um, an example of a type of issue that they would not want to do telehealth for. They would not want to wait for the appointment. They would just seek yes. medical attention. Yes, yes. For example, you know, if you're having severe pain, abdominal pain, and mm -hmm. I suspect appendicitis, you know, I, you know, an obstruction, I wouldn't say you can, you know, I would say, well, you know, you probably need to go to the ER and, okay. and get this taken care of. Okay. Yeah. I want to go back to um, your um, foundation. Mm -hmm. So what had you noticed the children doing as far as their response to, um, the recommendations and so forth with Faithful to Fitness. Mm -hmm. So um, I say a lot of times the, the children are seen by a dietitian uh, uh -huh. because the primary care physician referred the, to the dietitian for nutrition intervention. Mm -hmm. And the dietitian is the one that usually refers the, the patient to our program. Okay. Um, usually it's the child that will tell the parent, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to the program. I don't want to work out with you or other children. I don't, I'm just not comfortable working out with other kids. Um, and then we'll say, you know what, we'll let you decide, you know, but let's go have you go look at the Facebook page and see the things we do. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's fun. And let's like watch some cooking classes. And then um, after I'd say after a few weeks of just kind of exploring and, and researching our program, they come. And then once they've walked through that door that first day and they make mm -hmm. friends and they see how other children are going through the same thing they're going, it becomes something they can do. Right. Uh, typically, if they can get through the first three weeks, go consistently the first three out of 12 weeks, they stay mm -hmm. the whole time. Uh, what I've seen is if they attend 10 out of 12 weeks of the program, mm -hmm. those are the children that when we check in after a year, they've lost weight, lost significant amount, like 20, 30 pounds wow. uh, and maintained it and started eating healthy and motivating other people in their family to do the same. 
So we've had success stories like last year, August, we had a mom and a son who spoke at our 5k event. Mm -hmm. And they shared how the son was diagnosed with type two diabetes a year and a half before that. And through our program and motivation, he got off insulin. He was getting insulin, you know, the long acting and also had to check his sugars and get Mm -hmm. his injections. He got all off all of it. He was on one pill. And their family had already had another child with type one diabetes, who was also dealing with injections of insulin and checking sugar. So it was overwhelming. So to have one child, you know, that they said we could actually do it a prevention. And he was 14 years old. Just imagine the impact of being able to get off insulin and reversing type two diabetes at that age. So those are um, the stories that we like to share. And those children who who have uh, a, an important result, an impactful result like that, they love to share those stories to inspire mm-hmm. other children. So I have to ask, uh, when the kids have these stories, have you noticed that the parents want to jump on board too more? Uh, the parent who wasn't really involved, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, well, let me see what I can do. Yeah, mm-hmm, Absolutely. And, and they see how important it is, um, you know, to help their child because it'll help other, the other children, the, the family, mm-hmm. or even the cousins. Uh, I've had kids who've been through our program who now tell their cousins to join. And I would ask like, how did you hear about our program? That's mm-hmm. how I find out it was some a relative that told them about it. Mm-hmm. So it's word of mouth. You know, I, I do very little marketing other than just a Facebook page and an mm-hmm. occasional post here and there just to inspire people. That's really the purpose. Okay. So as far as electronics, um, I, I see that as one of the things that kids are really into. I remember when I was growing up, we mm-hmm. used to go out and run around and run up and down the street and everything. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as one of the challenges to overcome with kids wanting to sit and, and work on electronic devices? Is that the sort of thing that seems to prevent them from getting up and getting active? Yes. Um, I think more to do with TV or video games. Um, I always say, yes, there's schools that require like Zoom classes or certain assignments that require the computer. Um, but if it's not like education related, um, I'd say limit the Zoom time, you know, the, the screen time uh, in particular. So I I definitely see that. And I, I encourage parents and children to cut back on the screen time if it's not like necessary for school. Okay. Well, Dr. Wynn, you've given a lot of very good information, um, but I do want to ask you, is there anything else that you want to, to share with the audience? I think um, the main thing is, you know, if you, they visit the Faithful to Fitness page um, and if they are within you know, driving distance within an hour or so of uh, Rockford Loves Park, Illinois, we invite them to come join us for the 5k each August. This year, we're planning August 19th. Um, And so, you know, that's one thing. And the other thing is reach out to me if you would like me to be come to your community and share what I do and inspire your community to have the same program we have here in Loves Park, Illinois. That's awesome. I I hope that this is so successful that this is kind of like a launching pad for a lot of other similar um, programs around the country because it is so needed. Mm -hmm. And just hearing the successes you've had so far is so inspiring because I see people at the other end of the spectrum once they've lost their eyesight or they've lost their kidneys because of diabetes and so forth. Mm -hmm. So being able to intervene early, before they end up in this downhill spiral is tremendous. And I thank you for what you do. Yeah, thank you very much. 
And I'm certainly going to put all the information at the end of this video and also in the description about how people can learn more about you, your your work, your websites, and how to contact you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a blessed day. You have a blessed day as well. <laughs> Bye-bye.